I'm the doctor, by the way. You're listening to Pieces of Eight, the Doctor Who podcast that's back with a new episode, but probably not the one you were expecting. Just when you thought we were about to bring you an extensive guide to the first 18 Eighth Doctor novels from the BBC, we're stepping into a divergent universe to continue on our mission to explore those sections of the Doctor Who universe that feature the incarnations of the Time Lord, as played by Paul McGann. I'm Rebecca Chapman. And I'm Kenny Smith. And in the background, you can hear a new theme tune. It's the Nicholas Briggs one from the Lucy Miller Adventures seasons two through to four. So there we go. Anyway, you join us as we resume our quest to feature the Eighth Doctor's exploits, whether on screen, in books, novellas, full gassed audios, short stories, comics, animations, talking books, ice lollies, annuals, cuddly toys. Sorry, no, no, no. Wait, cuddly toy? Is there an Eighth Doctor cuddly toy? I wish there was, but there could be if they're doing all the other ones. So Capaldi Bear and Tenant Bear are out, as and Tom Bear is, is out. That is true. I have a um, I I have a Dalek. <laughs> ah, Build a Bear, sort of cuddly Dalek type thing. Technically, it was like a it was an add-on to a Tenant one, but I didn't have I didn't get the Tenant one. I just got the add-on. Ah, well, this is what I found when tidying up the other day. I've got like a like a cuddly Dalek oh. keyring, and when you push the button, it says. Exterminate! <laughs> you would make a good Dalek. So there we oh, go. And it's for, so for the listeners, it's a red new paradigm one, so it's a drone. But he's only got three spots rather than four. But there we go. Anyway, hello, Becca. How are you? Hello. I'm okay. Good. Because we've how had are a, you? I'm not bad at all, thank you. Not bad at all. Um, just we've had uh, we better explain for the listeners that. We were hoping to go straight into the BBC Books run, but we've had a slight delay in getting hold of a couple of the writers to finish off the season. And because they're early in the run, we don't want to start the season and then have to skip it and then go out of order because my OCD will not let me do that. And I'm sure yours will be the same. No, definitely not. <laughs> so rather than hang on a bit longer, we're back with a short mini run of Pieces of Eighth, a bit like Flux in the telly, but hopefully... What the Flux? <laughs> exactly that. And, and we're kicking off this wee run with a look behind the scenes of Night of the Doctor, the seven-minute short from 2013 that featured the return of Paul McGann as the Doctor on our screens. Now, if I recall correctly, Becca, you didn't actually watch this at the time of release, did you? And only discovered it a little later. Oh, yes. I watched the day of the Doctor and was like, oh, that's so good. And then I just kind of left it and was like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> but and then I found the Night of the Doctor because of you and was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Where has it been all your life? I know. Yeah, but yes, it's a it's a damn good one. I think it's the world building that it does in such a short space of time. Time Lords and Daleks being presented as bad as one another. And just it's just like hell is, just like the worlds are going to hell in a handcart. It's just incredible. It is. It is incredible. I really appreciate the fact that the Doctor stays true to himself and doesn't join the conflict. And it's very, it's very Paul McGann's Doctor. It is. It's very true to his TV self and also his um, big finish big self. Finish. Yep. And there's also a really good point that uh, James Curie Smith, who featured in our Black Archive episode, points out that this is a doctor who, when he's born in inverted commas, he has that sort of Christ-like look when he's got the shroud on. 
And then when he regenerates, his last words are, physician, heal thyself. So yes, there's mm. something quite um, religiously jeebusy about there. So yes, quite um, yeah, quite a, an interesting one. And the fact we also get to very quickly meet the fabulous Cass. Yes, and yes. the sisterhood of Karn from the Tom Baker story, The Brain of Morbius. There's just so much packed into here. I mean, it really, you watch this and it feels like you've actually watched like a half hour episode or something. It's just bang, bang, bang. Oh, I know. And isn't it, isn't it only seven minutes? Yeah, it is. Is it nearing on eight? I really hope it's nearing on eight because then you could say it was eight minutes <laughs> of the eighth. Well, if it's over seven minutes, then technically it's more than seven minutes. So it's, yeah, we'll just call it eight minutes. That's okay, too good to be true. <laughs> Did you introduce your other half to this? Uh, to the night, the night of the doctor. Yes. No, I haven't had a chance. I keep meaning to, but although he is like a fan of Doctor Who, he's not like a a massive fan of Doctor Who. Yeah. I have enough issues with him picking Daleks up. And why do we have so many Daleks? <laughs> As I look to my left, I can see uh, about thirty-two, and that's not me exaggerating. I'm picking a number at random. There are thirty-two I'm Daleks. Sorry, I'm recording this from my bedroom, so there are no Daleks in here. Ah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Don't want to be exterminated in any way like that. Definitely not. But yeah. Well, without further ado, ah, we no. this week's guest. No, 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 because Becca, I've got a surprise for you. Have you? Yeah. Would you like to know something that you didn't know? Yes. Okay, now, anyone who's had a look at this week's episode on their podcast provider will see that our main guest this episode is Denise Paul who was the producer of the Minnesota, as I like to refer to this. She's originally from Aberdeenshire, but she now lives in Glasgow. So, Scottish. Woohoo! <laughs> so, God, I love a Scottish. Can you name someone else who was Scottish who was involved with the Night of the Doctor? Um, uh, the, the, uh, uh, where does Stephen Moffat come from? Oh, shoot. Scotland. Yeah. So... Stephen Moffat, the writer, is Scottish. Now, back in 2020, I spoke to Stephen for the Big Finish magazine Vortex, and something I threw in was the fact that he'd name-checked the Big Finish companions there. Yes, I love that. That was really good fun to do. And when I spoke to him at the time, I did say, Stephen, could we maybe use this interview in a podcast that was going to go in Power of Three, but we never did. Well... We're now actually going to hear from Stephen Moffat on Pieces of Eighth for about a minute and ten seconds talking about Night of the Doctor. Because I actually thought I'd lost this clip. I couldn't find it anywhere and it turned out I'd saved it and I'd misspelt Moffat. (laughs) Had you spelt it with two T's? I had. I'd spelt it with two T's for some reason, whereas only with one, as you know. So there we go. (laughs) So, yeah, let's hear from Mr. Moffat now. You were there at the very beginning of Big Finish uh, at that meeting and you wanted to write for Paul McGann and lo and behold, 2013 you did and even name-checked the Big Finish characters in there. Uh, yeah, well, that was, that was uh, I suppose you could call that an apology for being a bit of an arse at the meeting. <laughs> I remember being just, uh, just like, I didn't want to do that. Uh, and, uh, and I didn't think it would work. Uh, it shows uh, how little I, I know. I thought, it, I thought resurrecting the old doctors and doing audios, I thought, that's not going to work, is it? You need to do new stories, so I and I'd spent the whole weekend doing uh, the Curse of Fatal Death, the uh, comic releasing, and uh, uh, and I was uh, up to my eyes in Doctor Who, or so I thought at the time. I had no idea how it might work. It's going to get in the future, uh, so I, I I sort of ducked out early, but of course they made a huge success of it, so I was completely wrong. 
Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so there, there, there's my apology. I've apologized many times. Yeah. And of course, the, the, the company is named after an episode of Press Gang. So I, I've, I've done my done my service <laughs> I think that there's, it was quite nice I think a lot of fans took pleasure in the fact that Big Finish had become officially part of TV canon as well just with the names uh, in there yes whatever that means but yeah, exactly yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you can't really you can't really make up all these things but who cares exactly uh, I mean it's, it's, uh, you know there's, it doesn't mean the Doctor's been through certain adventures twice but uh, yeah. there you go yeah <laughs> There we go. Stephen Moffat on Pieces of Eight. That was very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so, do we do, 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 do we just go straight on to our, our the, the main guest that we were supposed to have? I think we should now. I think that's, uh, that's enough of a surprise there. So, yes. <laughs> but we should point out that finding Denise was not easy to do because I was able to find her production company because I knew she was Scottish and having seen her on Doctor Who Confidential. And... Finding her was not easy to do, wrote to her production company, and I don't think the envelope or the, the letter was delivered or something like that, until it came up in conversation. I was chatting with a friend of mine who works in the BBC Scotland press office, who said, oh yeah, I know her. So lo and behold, That's we're able to... Helpful. It is brilliant. So live from Starbucks on West Nile Street in Glasgow, it's the night of the Doctor producer, Denise Paul. So I'm Denise Paul um, and I produce um, The Night of the Doctor, the, the little mini episode in the run up to the 50th anniversary. I suppose we should ask them um, about your wee bit, wee bit about your background and how you get into TV in the first place. A very random, a random entry into the industry. So I have a degree in geography from Aberdeen University and I've, I'd always been completely obsessive about telly as a kid growing up and really into drama but you don't really think growing up in the northeast of Scotland in a tiny wee village that that's something that you're ever going to be able to quite achieve I guess um, and I just happened to as a student pick up a copy of The Guardian because it was free on a Monday um, and there was an advert for a postgrad in television producing um, at Royal Holloway at the University of London and you could phone up and talk to somebody to see if you'd be eligible to apply and I did and um, I got a place on the course with nine other people um, and one of the people who was a professor on the course was a very very well-known and well-regarded producer called Tony Garnett who had worked on Cathy Come Home um, and produced Kez for, for Ken Loach back in the day and um, was working at a company called World Productions who made This Life and um, Cops and lots of really brilliant drama and he came and spoke to us on our course and Basically, we just sat and wrote down everything that came out of his mouth, and um, and I properly, properly loved that year and learnt so, so much about drama. Um, and as a result of doing that, managed to come back up to Scotland, to Glasgow, and have a placement um, with with Eric Coulter in, in the drama department at Scottish, well, it was Scottish Media Group at that time, but um, Scottish Television. And I got my first job as a runner on Taggart and then was a script editor on various other things over the course of the next sort of eight, ten years. 
and then got the chance to go down to Cardiff and, and work on, on Doctor Who for really hard. Your CV is quite impressive. The fact you've worked on Scotland's biggest and best crime scenes, you've done Taggart <laughs> and Rebus. Well, indeed, yes. <laughs> Great fun. Did you work with Karen Gillan on her Rebus? I did, although we didn't know it at the time. She had a small part in in an episode of Rebus that was kind of her first sort of network screen thing, I think. Um, and I was the script editor on on that series um, alongside a guy called Mike Allen and then when we met again in Cardiff um, when she was doing Doctor Who she spoke about it and I was like oh I worked on that and, and she went oh I didn't know we had a big a big chat about that but yeah but, so yeah I did I did but I'd sort of forgotten all about it until until we met again yeah. it's very funny because I remember watching it at the time and there was just something about her and she just I just thought she's one to watch and just I just think her look quite striking, in fact she's tall, red haired, yeah. very pretty and just thought she's got something and then next thing you know she's I think it was at the Kevin Bishop show on Channel 4 and then next thing we know she's, there she is, yeah, we parked in a tenant episode and then she's got the big gig which was great. So had you been much of a Doctor Who fan growing up? I watched it as a child and I suppose Peter Davison was my doctor growing up and I didn't really then watch it until I sort of was interviewing for the, for the show and, and watching Matt's, Matt's first episodes and kind of how, how he arrived and um, they, they were just going out when I, when I interviewed. Um, so the first Doctor Who that I actually read as a kind of potential employee was the, was the Christmas Carol, um, Stephen's Christmas special that year, which I thought was just some of the most beautiful writing that I'd, I'd read anywhere actually in, in my career probably, um, and although I wasn't involved in that episode, it was a lovely entry into the, into the show. Yeah, I think at that point Stephen's absolutely hit. I think the, his team have got themselves all in place. Everybody knows what they're doing, obviously there was the handle from Russell's era with new producers and such like coming in. But I think by that point everyone found their pace, they knew what they were doing and it must have been so exciting coming in. Because you did quite a few jobs, didn't you? Just working your way up before becoming a producer. Um, so I came in as an, sort of as an associate producer and I sort of then worked as a script, script producer as well, sort of over the course of, of a couple of years. Um, but my first producing credit was closing time was the, the double bank episode of, of the first um, the first series that I worked on, so series six. Yeah. And then and I produced a few in, in series seven. And and then as I was doing the post on the final episodes of series seven and the anniversary was happening and all the bits and bobs of additional content, um, I produced those. There was a bit of a Scottish mafia going on at the time. Obviously, there was Stephen and there was Derek Ritchie, yes, who of Derek, course was um, yeah. he's a, an old friend of mine. He was in the Glasgow Doctor Who group many moons ago. We used to go to the Cask and Still, well, it was called the Cask and Still now, the Box Still. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah. in the day, and Saturday nights, and he was in there, and just a really, really nice, nice, yeah. very nice man. Lovely, lovely. And but there's just such a good Scottish mafia behind the scenes. But <laughs> it must have been a bit like a home from home in some ways. Um, it was yeah. There were quite a few nice familiar faces, and 
I obviously had worked quite a lot with Douglas McKinnon before because we'd done Taggart together and Neville Kidd, the, the DP, who came down to work on um, Series 7. And so yeah, there were a few a few well Kent faces, which was which was lovely. Um, and also nice to have people to hang out with at the weekends because everybody wasn't going home because they were all sort of down for the duration as well. So that was that was quite nice. So for many Doctor Who fans, they tend to think of the producer's role as being in, in the olden days with the classic series, that was the top job where you were in charge of sort of budget and sort of the tone and such. So how would you describe the job in the 21st century? I think it, it can vary wildly from show to show, actually. Uh, but with Doctor Who, it's such a massive machine that there's quite a lot going on to the side and above and below and so you're sort of keeping all those plates slightly spinning. You are across budgetary things but you've obviously got a line producer and they're very much across the minutiae of that and then you have the execs above and obviously Stephen was, was one of those in, in my time there and then you've got so also a series producer and then script team to the side and down and so you, you're sort of surrounded by a massive great big team of people and just kind of trying to sort of keep your hand in all the different bits of the pie really yeah so we talk about Night to the Doctor for a wee minute what's your first memories when you heard that that was going to happen because I think that was something fans have been shouting for since 2005 bringing back Paul yeah. again I think it was sometimes the additional content pieces were just that and although they were all very good and they were great fun to make and we all worked really hard on them sometimes you, you would be thinking oh we're doing the main show you know the, the, the episode is, is the, the sort of critical thing and then there are these other things we have to make Whereas I think with Night of the Doctor, you kind of had the sense that this was quite a special thing, particularly in the year of the 50th anniversary. It was sort of the first little taste of the anniversary, as it turned out, that kind of went out um, into the world. Um, and that was quite exciting and really allowed us to sort of tell a little bit of the story prior to the main event of the, of the 50th. It must have been great fun keeping that secret. Yeah, well, everything on Doctor Who <laughs> was secret. So, but yes, yeah, um, it was it was exciting, and and you know, also I think you feel quite you feel it's quite a special thing to be sort of tasked with looking after it for people that you can hopefully try and make something that people will enjoy, and like you say, had had been asking for, I guess. And I know that Stephen was properly excited about writing it. And that's always exciting to work on when you know that it's, there's been such a lot of, of thought that's gone into it. Because there's so much story packed into that six and a half, seven minutes. Yeah. I mean, what do you remember about the actual recording days? Um, I was trying to think back about all of it and a lot of it, a lot of it is slightly tinged with sadness now actually because Michael Pickwood who who designed the, the whole of the show and 
when I worked on it, obviously is no longer with us. And Michael always went for the additional content when everybody else was kind of slightly scratching their head and going, how are we going to fit this in? How are we going to manage to do this when we've got all these other big sort of items to, to, to create? Michael always slightly pulled it out of the bag and, and was just so lovely about all of it. And I remember how much effort he put in to something that at the time we didn't even know if it was going to be on the internet. We, we knew it was going to be an additional bit of material on the, the DVD, but we didn't even know that it was going to have the iPlayer release or whatever until a little bit further into the process. And so Michael just put in so much effort to trying to make it special. And we, if I remember rightly, had sort of slightly repurposed a set from the show Wizards, um, Wizards versus, versus Aliens, aliens. Yeah. and they hadn't gone out on telly yet so it must it didn't have to spoil that it had to look very separate from their set and not identifiable so Michael went to a whole heap of trouble to, to kind of make it very different um, for the sort of the, the cave sort of setting for the sisters for the sisterhood and then he repurposed various spaceships into the, the, the craft at the beginning and then the wreckage was a whole other big sort of number and we were just beyond kind of appreciative really I suppose for, for what the length that he went to to, to make it special. Michael always gave you the impression that it was just you could, you know, and I know he had a massive team of people who also put a, a huge amount of effort into it, but he's just a delightfully creative and incredibly sweet man. And so, yeah, it's you kind of think of all that and you're just a bit sad that he's not going to get the chance to do that again. Yeah, you know? a genius. I mean, his TARDIS design for Series 7B onwards and through the Capaldi year. Yeah. I never got to go on set. Derek Ritchie wouldn't take me on it when I went down to see him in Cardiff. I was gutted. Um, but it just it looked amazing and I just, I've got it as a desktop wallpaper on my work computer as well. So when I go into our conference calls, I've got the Capaldi version. But um, yeah, an absolute genius. What do you remember about Paul McGann's reaction to it all? Because I know that he said he was really excited. But did it, that come across? Yeah, it, it kind of did. I think we had, I remember we had a sort of, mini a mini read through the the day before so he came down ahead of filming and he'd obviously read the script but i don't know that he was aware of who else was going to be in in it with it and he kind of turned up and and then claire higgins kind of walked in and he was a bit like oh okay no this is actually you know she's classy and this is yeah. really quite exciting and we had a really nice little sort of round the table and, and yeah. chatted through it all and and she was great and um, Emma I knew from yeah. she'd actually been in an episode of Tagger that I'd worked on no way. and then I had a small part in in the end the finale of, of series um, six so it was nice to get her back for something um, and, and do that and, and yeah it was just kind of quite a, a lot of nice anticipation I guess because we were all quite excited about it and John Hayes had done some other additional content that we'd worked on sort of earlier in the year um, and the year before and so it was nice to see him back and just I think very talented director and 
nice to get somebody that good to be doing sort of what we at the time thought was just this tiny little few minutes of, of, of yeah of drama. So yeah. Yeah. You mentioned there the keeping the fact that you were working on it and you knew it was going to be something quite niche, but then when it was announced, I mean, I just remember my Twitter just went into meltdown. Now I had heard due to the fact that I know people mm. and I'm quite you know, quite yeah. lucky that way that something had been done with McGann but obviously I'm not going to spoil it I'm not going to say a word I was really excited because I knew something was coming but I didn't know if it was going to be literally like you know, a 10 second thing or whatever I didn't yeah. realise it was going to film mini episode so then when it dropped and the reaction to it that must have really surprised you as to just how much people took it to heart yeah, massively massively so I mean We'd all worked really hard on it and we were proud of it, but at the same time, you're not expecting this, this sort of massive amount of excitement and um, and and just, I guess, appreciate you know like appreciation for it, which was just so lovely. Um, and I had, I remember I had left Doctor Who by then, so I was working in London, and I didn't actually know that it was. We thought it was going to be released a couple of days after, and I can't remember why, but they'd, they'd gone with it early. It's Paul McGann's birthday. Oh, that's right, that's right. And yeah, and it, like you say, you know, it's sort of Twitter and everything started to kind of just go a bit mental, and yeah, and I got su such a surprise. Yeah, I think really it was more than two million views on YouTube on its first day alone, and I think even now it's well over six, seven million, something like that, yeah. so more than some people have watched some TV episodes. Oh, indeed, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. It's quite a nice little bit of legacy there in the fact that we do get that, that wonderful, clever shot, though, an archival clip of John Hurt just being reflected. Yeah. And that's, that must have been such a buzz when you saw that for the first time and just thought, yeah, we've yes. nailed it. There was much debate over that shot um, for quite a long time. But yeah, just in terms of how much to show and they had provided us with images that... Um, John Hurt's agent had provided us with various sort of options and what was the best one and what looked most, you know, what could we make look most like the young him that we wanted and how the story point would play and how long to hold on it and yeah, all of those things. So the, the visual effects guys did a really good job of it. Yeah. And were you aware at the time of, um, when Paul McGann saying the names of his Big Finish audio companions? Did Stephen have to explain that or was it...? Um, I did know. I, I got it and then I was like, oh right, okay, yeah, no, that, no, no, yeah that's fine, that's fine. Yeah. So yeah, it was quite good. Because one of the things that, one of my most favourite things that I've ever done was that I interviewed Sheridan Smith because she's one of my favourite actresses and obviously she's Lucy, yes. the one who's named. Yeah. And I interviewed her for a big finish when she came back to play some, some more audios. And I told her that Lucy had been name checked in Night of the Doctor and she could not believe it. She was like, seriously, are you joking me? Oh, that's brilliant. And uh, she was hyper excited and she's like, I've never seen this, where can I find it? <laughs> so she added me on Facebook so I could send her the link. And, and then after she's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And she was super oh, delighted. So you made Sheridan nice. Smith Day just with one word. Oh, that's and, really lovely. And uh, yeah, I think she was having a bit of a rough time at that point and that actually really picked her up for the day and she was super delighted, so it was fantastic. Of course, Night of the Doctor is just a wee part of your whole Doctor Who career. What were your highlights, other moments that you had? Did you get any nice trips out of it? 
we went to Spain, which was lovely for um, Toby Whithouse's episode in season seven, um, and London trip for Bells of St John, um, Jenna's first proper episode, which was really exciting. I really enjoyed that one. That was that was great fun. It was all a highlight, really, to be honest. I mean, I I've never worked so hard in my life, <laughs> but it was really really rewarding and I've never worked with such committed teams of people I don't think from from the art department to the visual effects to the you know costume to every everybody cared so much about getting it right for for Stephen and the execs and for the fans and just that, that there was a real pride there in the show and a real um excitement around it and I think that's something that I haven't experienced probably before or since in my career you know just the the investment of people's time and effort and lives I guess in in something in making it special for people and I, I think it's it's very easy you go on to Twitter or whatever when you're watching something go out and you I was, I was doing it the other night for an episode of Shetland that I've been working on and the comments are just uh, throwaway comments it's really really easy to be very mean in, 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 in a very few words about something that's taken a lot of hard 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 work and effort and nobody's ever going out to make you try to make you not like it I just think sometimes people don't realise quite how much investment of people's lives goes into making this stuff. You know, I know it's only telly, but it's still really, really, really important for people. And, yeah. Yeah. And of course in Shetland, you've been working with the wonderful Mark Bonner. I have indeed, yeah, who I worked with on Doctor Who. And who actually, the very first episode of Taggart that I ever worked on as a runner, Mark was in, and I am actually in as an extra. <laughs> um, bizarrely, I caught a repeat of it um, during lockdown on one of the random, yep. you know, UK TV type channels, and so that feels like quite a while ago now. Yeah. Um, but yes, Mark's delightful. Um, such such a talented guy. He's become a, a big famous regular playing a, an evil time lord opposite Paul's doctor. I see. The eleven, so he's eleven time lords whose incarnations exist all at once. And he switches between them like that. He's and a clever, he's, clever man. He's, he's a wonderful, wonderful fellow. He used to live in East Kilbride just down the road from me. I've, I've got to know him quite well over the years and uh, lovely, lovely guy. And, um, yeah, was, and I just I just love seeing him on TV. And it's funny how he's very quickly over the space of a few years become one of those spaces that people recognise and then it's like if Mark Bonner's in it I'm watching it yeah but he's got no star quality he's, he's, he's obviously he's, he's got no ego about him that's no. what I love about him it's the Scottish thing isn't it yeah nobody yeah. lets you get too big for your boots indeed no, and he, he always just really inhabits the character that he's that he's playing which is yeah. Yeah. so besides Shetland what else have you been working on of late I've just been, I've been doing bits and pieces of writing so the first my first kind of proper writing credit happened last week on Shetland um, so um, I've been executing that show 
along with Kate Bartlett and um, wrote an episode last year and I'm hopeful that I'll write some more stuff um, in the future um, and yeah just lots of other bits and bobs of development really I've kind of just kind of had a, a few years of trying to kind of take some proper time and work out maybe what what I want to do with the rest of it. I really enjoy producing but I really love writing um, and that was sort of always the plan in the back of my head at the start of working in the industry so we'll see what happens. Would you say overall when you've worked in something like Doctor Who, particularly when you're going towards the end of an era with Matt, that must have been quite a strange feeling in there knowing that he's going but the show's going to continue. Yeah. You must have made your decision to go around that time as well. I guess the 50th was quite a milestone and so being involved with that was was always kind of, it felt like a nice end point. I, I really loved working on the show but it consumes you and it, I think you, you kind of get to a point where you probably go, I kind of need a rest and to download all of this from my brain and to kind of do something else for a bit and that was definitely that point but it was it was really sad as well to, to know that that was coming to an end and we'd just sort of all been on this sort of journey together and it was it was ending because it was just such a lovely team of people I just so enjoyed working with them all and so it was yeah bittersweet I guess um, but then lovely to watch the 50th go out and the reception that that got and, and to have been a part, part of that kind of little bit of history, I guess. I enjoyed watching it in the cinema in East Kilbride. It was yeah. great. And then, of course, gone before Peter Capaldi arrived, yeah. which yeah. I've been a favourite actor of mine since uh, The Lair of the White Worm, okay. since I first saw that. And I was re- I got it on Blu-ray recently and watching it and just think, he's basically playing the Doctor but with a little bit of extra added yeah. naughtiness in it. Yeah. But um, what a great actor. Did you work with him before? Uh, I hadn't actually, you know. We've sort of not quite crossed paths a few times. Then when I went to work in Shetland, Elaine, his wife, had just left Shetland, yeah. working on Shetland. So we kind of, I've, I've met him briefly, but I haven't, yeah. I haven't ever worked with him. Denise, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Massive thanks to Denise for popping into the city centre and I was held up by almost half an hour as I had a work call to finish that day and it just kept going on and on and on. <sighs> but hopefully it was worth it. It was, <laughs> I, I, it was definitely worth it. That was a fantastic interview and in person as well. Yes, it's not often we get the chance to do those. So Paul McGann, Denise Paul, um, I don't think it was any, not even, no, Roy Gill wasn't even done, even though he's one of my good pals. But yeah, that was just done remotely since I'm not in Edinburgh very often it is but but there we go that's not a bad wee start to the season a bit of two Scottish people talking about Night of the Doctor I know fantastic well that's not going to be our only Night of the Doctor chat during this mini season I guess so I guess stay tuned to find out who else we've got further down the line yeah and I can tell you they're Scottish (laughs) (laughs) seriously so um if you've enjoyed this week's Pieces of Eighth, or indeed any episode we've done, listeners, please do leave a review for us on iTunes or other podcast providers, as it means more people can find our episodes, and it's always appreciated. And next time, we're heading back to 1996 and early 1997, as we feature the Eighth Doctor Radio Times comic strips in a chat with its writer Gary Russell and illustrator 
Lee Sullivan. I do love a good comic strip, although I am starting to think that you're turning this mini season into a uh, pride of Scot- Scotland. <laughs> well, <laughs> Gary and Lee are neither, or neither of them are Scottish. No, no, that's true. <laughs> but I'm sure they uh, both well. want to be. Oh, of course, because everyone wants to be Scottish. We all know that. Well, definitely, everybody <laughs> wants to be a bit of Scottish in them. So, yeah. Oh, sorry, that that was my phone just uh, going off there. The, the, it was the cloister bit. No, it was the TARDIS landing bleep. So, uh, and <laughs> it was just my theatre tickets for tonight have arrived. So, oh, where are you going? I'm going to go and see Cher show in Glasgow. So, I'm hoping it's going to be as camp as Christmas, and I cannot wait. <laughs> Hopefully, with a few drag queens and everything. So, yes, I'm looking That's forward great. to it. So, we'll be back next time, and. Until then, I've been Kenny Smith. And I'm Rebecca Chapman. Bye-bye. Bye.